the honor of inviting Brian Langlands to come up this morning. Will you give him a welcome as he comes? Thank you. So Brian is the chaplain at Georgetown College, which is real close by, and he has been a friend of Embrace and also my friend for uh, many years now. He has spoken um, with us probably about once a year, you know, give or take a pandemic in there somewhere. But he is always such a joy to have with us. Um, he has a true spirit of humility, for those of you who don't know him. And I always feel like when I've been in Brian's presence, I have experienced the joy of the Lord because it just radiates from him. So I know this morning that he has already allowed this word to live in him. And that is a great reason for us to posture ourselves to receive it from him. And so I want to invite you to join me as we just pray over him in the word that he's going to share. Gracious Father, we just thank you so much for this time to be in your house and to be together, to know that we are family because you have called us that. You have put us together and made us belong. And God, we don't take that for granted. We thank you for what you have done already this morning in our hearts. And God, I just pray that you would continue to help our hearts to be open and to be soft enough to respond. God, I thank you for Brian, for the investment that he has made preparing this word for us, for the way that you are Lord of his life, and for the partnership of your Holy Spirit as he comes to speak before us now. I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to hear and to take hold of the message that you have for us from Brian today. And, Lord, that you would let all else fall away. We pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. And it's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Uh, such, a, such a blessing. Thank you for those very kind words, uh, Christina. It is a joy uh, to be with you all today. Uh, I'm, I want to echo the words that uh, Pastor Tanya shared online of uh, the person who uh, was thanking uh, you, Christina, and musicians for leading us this morning. And I was just reminded, it, it connected when you said you just come back from, uh, from sabbatical recently. And just that, the reminder that, that what I heard testified in those comments is that through your ministry this morning, you and the Lord were able to provide rest for people. And I'm just reminded that that, that truth that what the Lord wants to do through us, uh, the Lord first wants to do in us. And so I'm grateful that what the Lord has been doing uh, in you and with you through your sabbatical. It's an honor to be here again with you. I, I feel so humbled to be standing in the spot sharing with you today to have received that invitation. Uh, when I look back over uh, the past several weeks and months of those who have preached here at Embrace, uh, Christina and John, uh, Greg uh, Gallagher also, uh, Tanya and Justin and, and Rick. I mean, to me, you know, those are just all stars of servant leadership and, and gospel ministry. And so it, it's a real honor for me to be able to be here, to be invited to share with you all today. As Christina said, I'm the campus minister up at Georgetown College uh, the Associate Dean for Student Life. I teach the ministry courses that we offer up there. Uh, if you're not familiar, Georgetown College is a small Christian liberal arts college. And so it's a Christian college. It's a place where we really take seriously faith formation. Uh, it's also a liberal arts college. So students come there. We don't uh, expect them to put their brain on the shelf for four years as they're studying and learning and uh, studying the sciences and asking the hard questions of faith and life and purpose, and so it's been a joy. This is my 17th year I'm getting ready to start, but it's been a joy to be able to walk with students in that place uh, for, for those years, and I'm really thankful to be here. 
So the scripture that uh, to share with you this morning, uh, continuing on in the series uh, that, that Embrace has been doing, uh, uh, Luke chapter 12, we're going to start at verse 32, and we are going to roll through verse 40. Jesus says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the gift of this Sabbath day, this time of rest and of abiding in you, of gathering together with our spiritual family, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, to share a meal together, to share spiritual food, and to remember, to tell the stories of our family. I ask your blessing, Holy Spirit, over this time of proclamation. I pray that as the words of the gospel are shared, as, as the seeds of the gospel are spread, that your gospel would find our hearts to be good soil. Soil that's been turned over, ready to receive your word that it would bear fruit in our lives. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. So, have you all seen the uh, new images over the course of the summer from the James Webb Telescope uh, out in space? I feel like I was late coming to this, and like this was a big thing on the internet, and I just kind of missed it. But, uh, but over the last couple weeks, I've been looking at these, and it's just been so amazing to see these things. I think we're going to have a couple of these uh, images up on the screen here in just a moment. Uh, the first one that I think is going to come up, yeah, Webb's first deep field. What's so cool about this is this is a slice. So in case you haven't seen any of these telescope images, these are so much better than the images that the old Hubble telescope has been giving us for the last couple of decades. Uh, uh, so much more crisp. There's infrared light here. 
this, this slide right here, what, what it says is this represents if someone were standing on earth holding a grain of sand and holding it up looking at the sky like this, this slice of the universe is about what would be covered by that grain of sand if you were looking up at the sky. I just think that's so amazing. That's so wild. The next slide is, the, uh, is called the Carina Nebula. It's beautiful. Uh, it looks like uh, this landscape with mountains, right, and rivers. Uh, it's beautiful and valleys. This is uh, actually the edge of a nearby star-forming region. So there's regions where new stars are being made. That's so cool. This next one is called uh, Stefan's Quintet, which is five, a snapshot, an image of five galaxies. I mean, imagine that. A galaxy is a huge place. Not a solar system, a galaxy. This is five galaxies uh, here in this image. Just blows my mind. And when we're looking at these images, you know, we're looking back in time. We're looking like earlier into the universe. I don't understand how all that works, but I just think it's amazing. And then this last one is called the Southern Ring Nebula. And it's approximately 2,500 light years away. Uh, these images are so beautiful. Uh, I, I really enjoy looking at these, and apparently a lot of other people, too, have, too, over the course of the summer. So what do these amazing images of deep space have to do with today's passage of Scripture from Luke? Well, in this passage, there are at least three extraordinary claims about what the Lord is like. Uh, that I'm happy to share with you today. In fact, that's the title of today's sermon is, is God is like, what? God's like, what? That's the title of today's sermon. So the first extraordinary claim has to do with these images. Christianity believes that God created all of that, like all of that deep space stuff, everything, out of love, not out of necessity, but out of love. And so here's the extraordinary claim that I see in verse 32. Uh, verse 32 says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So the extraordinary claim of Christianity is that the same God who created all of that, that same God also has the capacity and the care and the interest to know you individually and personally. That's amazing. <laughs> and, 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 and let me back up a step to show you how I got there. So before, if you want to understand verse 32, you actually got to step back for the, the previous passage. And maybe you all covered that last week. But in the previous passage, earlier in Luke 12, 22 through 30, uh, 31, Jesus is telling his disciples, he's like, listen, don't worry about what you'll eat. God will feed you. Don't worry about what you'll wear. God is going to clothe you. Look at the flowers in the field. God clothes them. Look at the birds in the air. God feeds them. God will take care of your basic provisions. So instead of worrying about that, do this. Strive for God's kingdom. Strive for the kingdom. And then everything you need will be added to you. So here's what's cool. God says, don't worry about your basic provision. God's got that. So don't worry 
Strive for God's kingdom. Seek to follow God with every part of your life. Continually put yourself in the presence of God. And as you do, trust God. Because you're not going to earn the kingdom, it says, but God's going to give it to you. God will give you everything you need and even more than what you need. And verse 32 says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Such good news. God isn't stingy with this. God is generous here. It's God's joy to provide for you. So that's the first extraordinary claim this morning, is that the God of the universe is also interested in your individual needs, is interested in you personally and wants to take care of you. Second extraordinary claim. Come down to uh, verse 37. Verse 37 reads, Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. Now Jesus is comparing himself here to a master, a, the, the Greek word is kurios, a lord, right, who comes back from a wedding banquet and he finds the servants, uh, the, the, the douloi, uh, there watching and waiting for him. Now, what's incredible about this, again, Christians believe that Jesus was a part of all of that creation, right? That, that Jesus is, is a part of all of that. Jesus is all-powerful, God with flesh on. But in this passage, Jesus compares himself to this master who comes home from this wedding banquet. And when he finds the servants paying attention and looking out for him, what does he do? He puts on the servant's belt, verse 37, he has them sit down to eat, to recline, and he comes and he serves them. The Lord serves the servants. I mean, it's extraordinary, this act of humbling yourself and of lifting others up, and we see this all over Scripture. It's in the Magnificat. Mary talks about this is what the Lord will do. Right? The rich will be sent away empty. The lowly will be lifted up. Here we see it. Jesus is, is self-emptying here and is willing to serve those uh, who are serving him. And what's amazing is that I think about in this world, I was trying to think of examples of this. I mean, when was the last time that you saw someone who was powerful in this world who, who, who kind of got down and was willing to serve those who were considered to be lower? Right? I mean, I don't see that on TikTok. I mean, I don't see that in the news. I don't see that on Facebook so much. But here we have this extraordinary claim of what God is like. God is like this Lord who serves the servants. And in doing so, lifts them up. It's incredible. Last thing, extraordinary claim three, and I'll close with this. Of what God is like or what the Lord is like here. This is verses 39 and 40, the end of our passage. Jesus says, but know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. So in these two verses, Jesus here compares himself, the Son of Man, 
Uh, most Christians believe that Jesus was referring to himself when he's talking about the Son of Man here, who is going to come back later and restore all things. Jesus compares himself to a thief. I wasn't expecting that. He compares himself to a thief who's going to break into your home, into our houses, into our lives. And that's the thing. The good news here is that Jesus compares himself to a thief who comes in the middle of the night, but he's a good thief. Jesus is the good thief here. He wants to come and to break into your life, to break into your home, to break into your job, to break into your relationships, to break into your world. And yes, there are things that he wants to remove, things that he wants to steal away from your life. But the good news is that the things that Jesus wants to steal from your life are not the good things. The things that Jesus wants to steal from your life, it's the brokenness, the pain, the sense of purposelessness, the self-destructive habits, the doubt, the suspicion. Jesus wants to break into our lives and take those things from us. Now, in verse 39, Jesus says that uh, if we know the hour, if somebody knows the hour a thief is coming, we would not let him break into our home, right? I mean, that makes sense. If you knew that someone was coming to your house at 2 a.m. tonight to break in, you somehow got word of that on the street, uh, what would you do? I mean, you'd have your door locked. You'd be ready. Some folks would have shotguns ready to protect everything that's inside, to protect what's valuable, to protect your safety. And that makes sense. But the good news is that when Jesus wants to break into your life, uh, he, he doesn't want to take the good things. Uh, he wants to take the, the, the bad things out of our life. Have any of you all ever had your home broken into before? I have. A couple times, uh, when I was younger, it's a terrible feeling, isn't it? Having your home broken into, you feel so vulnerable. I'll never forget, uh, one time, so I was in elementary school, and my mom was working the, uh, I guess she was working the night shift at the restaurant. She came to pick us up from the uh, babysitter. And then when we, so it must have been like 9, 10 o'clock at night. By the time we got home, uh, as me, my mom, and my little sister, she's four years younger than me, but my mom opened, unlocks the front door and opens it. In our townhouse, you could see the back door when you walked in the front door. And when she opened the front door, she noticed the back door was open. She knew she didn't leave the back door open. So immediately, she knew what was going on. We walked in. We saw that everything had been rifled through, and, and, and that was really scary. So, but we also had an upstairs. So mom went to the kitchen. She took the biggest kitchen knife that we had. And she turned to me and she said, follow me. Okay. <laughs> so I'll never forget this. So mom turns on the lights on the stairway. She's walking up the stairs with the butcher knife in front of her and then me and then my little sister behind her. Mom walks to the top of the steps and she goes and flips all the lights on. She checks every bedroom under the beds, in the closet, behind the curtains to make sure that the thieves weren't still there. Thankfully, they weren't. But I'll never forget that feeling of vulnerability that other people had broken into our space. And the worst thing of all for me as an elementary school kid 
those thieves, they stole my entire bag of Halloween candy. I mean, come on. I'd work for hours to get that going door to door. Very frustrating. So Jesus wants to break into our hearts, into our lives. And again, I'll close with this here. But our natural default setting is protectiveness and hesitancy, right? So here's the question I want to leave you with. When it comes to your posture towards Christ, are you willing to turn your security alarms off? Are you willing to turn off those things that that might keep Jesus out? And I understand some of us, we've been hurt so badly in our lives before that we've built up these like walls around our heart. We just don't want to let people in because we're afraid of getting hurt again. And I understand that. But the good news is that the thing that Jesus wants to steal out of your life is the thing that we too often It's the thing we most want to protect. It's the old you. Our brokenness, the sins that we are so reluctant to let go of. Our pride. Jesus wants to replace those with a life of adventure. A a life of saying no to our old ways and of saying yes to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit, which if you will partner with the Spirit will take you on adventures that you would have never dreamed of and, and, and take you into relationships with people that you would have never have imagined. So the invitation this morning is simple. Will you allow God's thief, God's good thief, to break into the fortress of protection that some of us have built around our hearts. Are you willing to be watchful and ready for God's thief, Jesus, to show up in your life and to allow him to break in? If so, I trust that as you partner with Jesus, as you invite him in, as you serve him and walk with him, that you will discover him to be not a ruthless master, but instead a a curios, a, a Lord, who continually puts on his servant's belt and provides for you in ways that you would have never imagined, even as you walk with and serve him. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. Thanks be to God. Yeah. <laughs> Praise. Praise you. Lord, we thank you uh, for just these extraordinary claims about what you're like. Not what we would expect. Not the kind of God we would invent. Thank you, Lord, for surprising us, for being a Lord who desires to show up in our life and, 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 and to change things, to transform us from the inside out. 
I pray for each of us, Lord, that whatever that is this morning, as we said earlier, whatever that thing is that we might need to lay down in order to more fully invite you in, that you would first bring that to our awareness and bring that to our mind and then help us, bless us with the courage to set down and to lay down whatever may be hindering us from a more faithful walk with you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ I ask and pray these things. Amen. Amen.